we solemnly swear that we are up to no good. Welcome everyone to the fifth episode of Nocturning Heads. I'm Abin and Shifa seems to be lost in her own world. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy-Worty, Hogwarts, teach us something please. Where the weeping? <laughs> Since you're so engrossed already, let me ask you a question. So, tell me, you've been with Harry Potter for ages. How is it that you're so engaged with it? It is a part of who I am, Abin. Even after all this time? Always. <laughs> so our <laughs> listeners, our listeners would have guessed by now what our topic of discussion is going to be for this episode. It's the half-blood prince, guys! <laughs> yes, Professor Severus Snape has been one of the most important characters of the series. He molded the narrative into one of the deep complications across the story. It really feels like we have a love-hate relationship with Snape. Like you hate him for the first half of your life, then pity followed by love as the story unravels. Now he's one of the most cherished characters of Harry Potter. Yes, I agree. And his character kind of grows on us the way he talks. He has a very peculiar way of talking, remember? Yeah, so uh, that's what we remember. That's what we recall most of the times, his epic dialogues. So without further ado, let us dive into our first potions class with Snape in the dungeons. Ooh, bring it on. At the start of term banquet, Harry had gotten the idea that Professor Snape disliked him. By the end of the first potion's lesson, he knew he'd been wrong. Snape didn't dislike Harry, he hated him. Potion's lessons took place down in one of the dungeons. It was colder here than up in the main castle and would have been quite creepy enough without the pickled animals floating in glass jars all around the walls. Snape, like Flitwick, started the class by taking the roll call. And like Flitwick, he paused at Harry's name. Ah, oh, yes. Harry Potter, our new celebrity. Draco Malfoy and his friends Crab and Goyle sniggered behind their bare hands. Snape finished calling the names and looked up at the class. His eyes were black, like Hagrid's but they had none of Hagrid's warmth. They were cold and empty and made you think of dark tunnels. You are here to learn the subtle science and exact art of potion making. As there is little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. I don't expect you will really understand the beauty of softly simmering cauldron with its shimmering fumes, the delicate power of liquids that creep through human veins, bewitching the mind and snaring the senses. I can teach you how to bottle the fame, brew glory, even stop her death. If you aren't as big a bunch of dunderheads as I usually have to teach. 
More silence followed this little speech. Harry and Ron exchanged looks with the raised eyebrows. Hermione Granger was on the edge of a seat and looked desperate to start proving that she wasn't a dunderhead. Potter, what would I get if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? I don't know, sir. <laughs> tut, tut. Fame clearly isn't everything. Let's try again. Potter, where would you look if I told you to find me a bezoar? I don't know, sir. Thought you wouldn't open a book before coming, eh, Potter? What is the difference, Potter, between monk's hood and wolf's pain? I don't know. I think Hermione does, though. Why don't you try her? Sit down. For your information, Potter, Asphodel and Wormwood make a sleeping potion so powerful it is known as the drought of living death. A beeswar is a stone taken from the stomach of a goat and it will save you from most poisonous poisons. As for monkshood and wolfsbane, they are the same plant, which also goes by the name of aconite. Well, why aren't you all copying this down? And a point will be taken for Gryffindor, for your cheek, Potter. Things didn't improve for Gryffindors as the potion's lesson continued. Snape put them all in pairs and set them to mixing up a simple potion to cure boils. He swept around in his long black cloak, watching them weigh dried nettles and crush snake fangs, criticizing almost everyone except Malfoy, whom he seemed to like. He was just telling everyone to look at the perfect way Malfoy had stewed his horned slugs when clouds of acid green smoke and a loud hissing filled the dungeon. Neville had somehow managed to melt Sheamus's cauldron into a twisted blob and their potion was seeping across the stone floor, burning holes in people's shoes. Within seconds, the whole class was standing on their stools, while Neville, who had it drenched in the potion, when the cauldron collapsed, moaned in pain as angry red boils sprang up all over his arms and legs. Idiot boy! I suppose you added the porcupine quills before taking the cauldron of fire. <sighs> Take him up to the hospital wing. You, Potter, why didn't you tell him not to add the quills? Thought he'd make you look good if he got it wrong, did you? That's another point you've lost for Gryffindor. This was so unfair that Harry opened his mouth to argue, but Ron kicked him behind their cauldron. Don't push it. I've heard Snape can turn very nasty. As they climbed the steps out of the dungeon an hour later, Harry's mind was racing and his spirits were low. He'd lost two points for Gryffindor in his very first week. Why did Snape hate him so much? Cheer up! Snape's always taking points off Fred and George. Can I come and meet Hagrid with you? At five to three, they left the castle and made their way across the grounds. Hagrid lived in a small wooden house on the edge of the Forbidden Forest. A crossbow and a pair of galoshes were outside the front door. When Harry knocked, they heard a frantic scrabbling from inside and several booming barks. Then Hagrid's voice rang out, saying, Back, Fang! Back! Hagrid's big, hairy face appeared in the crack as he pulled the door open. Hang on! Back, Fang! He let them in, struggling to keep a hold on the collar of an enormous black boarhound. There was only one room inside, 
a copper kettle was boiling on the open fire and in the corner stood a massive bed with a patchwork quilt over it. Make yourselves at home. This is Ron. Another Weasley, eh? I spent half my life chasing your twin brothers away from the forest. The rock cakes were shapeless lumps with the raisins that almost broke their teeth. Fang rested his head on Harry's knee and drooled all over his robes. Harry and Ron were delighted to hear Hagrid call Fitch that old kit. And as for the cat, Mrs. Norris, I'd like to introduce her to Fang sometime. Do you know every time I go up to school, she follows me everywhere. Can't get rid of her. Filch puts her up to it. Harry told Hagrid about Snape's lesson. Hagrid, like Ron, told Harry not to worry about it, that Snape liked hardly any of the students. But he seemed to really hate me. Oh, rubbish. Why would he? Yet Harry couldn't help thinking that Hagrid didn't quite meet his eyes when he said that. How's your brother Charlie? I liked him a lot. Great with animals. Harry wondered if Hagrid had changed the subject on purpose. While Ron told Hagrid all about Charlie's work with dragons, Harry picked up a piece of paper that was lying on the table under the tea cosy. It was a cutting from the Daily Prophet. Gringotts break-in latest. Hagrid, that Gringotts break-in happened on my birthday. It might have been happening while we were there. There was no doubt about it. Hagrid definitely didn't meet Harry's eyes this time. He grunted and offered him another rock cake. Harry read the story again. The vault that was searched had in fact been emptied earlier that very same day. Hagrid had emptied the vault 713, if you could call it emptying, taking out the grubby little package. Had that been what the thieves were looking for? As Harry and Ron walked back to the castle for dinner, Harry thought that none of the lessons he'd had so far had given him as much to think about as tea with Hagrid. Had Hagrid collected that packet just in time? Where was it now? And did Hagrid know something about Snape that he didn't want to tell Harry? <laughs> Do you see the stark difference between... Uh, when Snape is in the scene and then when Hagrid is in the scene one is one has such a cold really a dungeon vibe and the other one has such a springtime warm warm vibe to it <laughs> I mean the stark uh, starkness of these two prof- of these two characters seems very obvious what do you think? I agree And to some reason, both of these characters are very important to the storyline, but they cannot be more opposite of each other. Right, right, right. They're very important characters all through the books. I hope you guys enjoyed. Let us, um, Shifa, let us do one thing. Let us test our listeners how much they really remember Harry Potter. Uh, we'll ask you one question, a very simple question, and uh, you can just DM us uh, your answers on our social media handles. So the question is, in the books, where do we see Severus Snape for the first time? And your options are, in the Great Hall, in the Potions Classroom, in Dumbledore's Office, or in the Hogwarts Corridor. 
Okay. Um, before any we go any further, I'd like to tell everybody that Abin couldn't see the screen. She had to put on her specs to do that. <laughs> anyway, so um, you can just send us the answer however you like by email, by texting, by WhatsApp, by Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, what other Twitter. Wherever you prefer, I'm everywhere. Abin is everywhere. <laughs> we'll be able to respond to you, and whoever gives us the correct answer will feature in our next episode by a total uh, random draw, and we'll sing the Hogwarts song together. If anybody of you remembers, which also I am ashamed to admit I did not remember, and Shifa had to remind me the entire thing, along from lyrics to the music, and I was like. Okay, this is this should not have happened. Trivia question: Hogwarts song does not have a one particular soundtrack. Anyone can sing it any way they want, but the lyrics are the same. So you should at least know the lyrics. You know, shame, shame. <laughs> ting, 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 ting. I'm sorry. Yeah. So let's wrap this up, and see you in the next fortnight. Yes. All right. Have a nice evening, Abhi. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by Abin Shaikh and Shifa Naseer and edited by Abin. The music for this episode is credited to producer John Williams and Warner Records Incorporated 2001 and 2 for the original motion picture soundtrack.